Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I explained what's been happening at Laird Superfood that has caused them to drop from a half a billion dollar market cap to now facing takeover offers that are 95% less. But before we get started, I would love if you took 51 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. What the heck is going on at Laird Superfood? It wasn't too long ago that Laird Superfood blasted on the CPG scene as one of the early brands pushing superfood coffee creamers and ready-to-mix beverages that included performance mushrooms. Laird Superfood was perfectly positioned inside the CPG triangle of better for you, plant-based, and functional. While its revenue base was still sub $20 million at the time of its IPO filing, Two years ago, the buzz, or I guess you could say the hype around Laird Superfood had been enormous since its early days. After reportedly surfing with Laird Hamilton in Hawaii, it even attracted the charismatic co-founder of WeWork, Adam Newman, to invest $32 million of the co-working company's funds in Laird Superfood. After going public in late September of 2020, the stock of Laird Superfood almost doubled in the first day of trading, and I believe at one point in early 2021, the company had a market capitalization of almost a half a billion dollars. The CPG industry was going crazy at how a company with about $27 million in trailing 12-month revenue could be valued at 17.5 times revenue. Not earnings, but revenue. This wasn't a hyper-growth software-as-a-service or cloud company. It was a CPG brand growing at only about 50% year-over-year. Tulip mania or not, the stock performance of Laird Superfood has been like catching a falling knife over the last year and a half. But enough with Laird Superfood stock talk. I mainly mention it because that information will be useful to have in your back pocket when I'm talking about a central piece of news later in this content. So let's shift this content to an update on the recent business performance at Laird Superfood because the stock market like ups and downs are hardly ever the best perspective to storytell. Things were still going relatively good at Laird Superfood into the last quarter of 2021, but I guess I should have prefaced that statement by clarifying that I'm defining their business performance being kind of good as the company's ability to sequentially grow revenue quarter over quarter. If I was looking at this from a profitability point of view, I can only describe it as Laird Superfood has shown a propensity to lose money since its inception. That's not to throw shade at Laird Superfood. Several years of losses is probably more common than the public realizes in many categories of the CPG industry. I'll get to a little more of that financial kind of detail soon, but I wanted to mention a few important business events that happened in 2021 and early 2022. In May of last year, Laird Superfood acquired 
Picky Bars, a provider of energy bars and nutritionally enhanced oatmeal and granola for $12 million. This was seen as kind of one, a conservative and complementary merging of the better for you manufacturers. And then secondly, a signal that the Laird Superfood brand is focused on expanding into product segments beyond its functional beverage focused portfolio. A few months after that mergers and acquisitions transaction, Paul Hodge, the founding CEO, announced his desire to step down from his role. With none of the co-founders having previous CPG experience, the departure press release stated the company recognized the benefit that complementary platform expertise would bring to accelerating growth on the path to becoming the billion-dollar business to which Laird Superfood aspires. The new CEO, Jason Veith, which took the helm at the end of January 2022, does have extensive CPG experience, with more than a decade's worth leading the yogurt business at White Wave Foods, startup prebiotic soda brand Poppy, and the breakfast and snacks division at Sobos Brands. So what did the new CEO kind of walk into, though? Laird Superfood had just experienced its first sequential quarter-over-quarter revenue deceleration as a public company. It also had extremely pressured gross margins. That was resulting in growing net losses. So kind of how has that CEO swap gone thus far? I think anytime a new leadership comes in with a drastically different near-term strategic plan, expectations are that things will get a bit worse before they get better. And I guess you can kind of easily kind of see that in the effect within Laird Superfood with the brand reporting recently that it had its first year-over-year sales deceleration in the company's history. That's pretty wild in this current environment that has seen CPG brands continue to grow sales revenue a bit, it mostly being from price increases. That being said, under the surface of the sales loss headline, you can start to see some signs of positive change. Firstly, Laird Superfood has realigned its sales broker strategy and has put more focus on the wholesale channel. This segment of the business has grown 17% over the first half of the year compared to the same period in 2021. Secondly, Laird Superfood has finally leveraged the Picky Bar acquisition to launch its own plant-based protein bars last month. This should complement the Harvest Snacks platform that has more than doubled in revenue over the first six months, and because of that, has quickly become an important part of the Laird Superfood product strategy. Thirdly, Laird Superfood has finally implemented a free shipping threshold to direct-to-consumer orders. Being that e-commerce is still the brand's largest sales channel, this decision has already created an additional half a million dollars in revenue to offset costs. And then speaking of cost, optimization of the overall cost structure is in process. Just like every business right now, Laird Superfood is and continues to deal with the inflationary cost pressures, but the brand has seen a partial offset of those from lower operating expenses when you exclude the one-time non-cash charge for goodwill and intangible asset impairment. Along with drawing inventory levels down, Laird Superfood has seen improvement in its free cash flow burn 
and currently has a cash balance of $24.5 million heading into quarter three. So this leads us into maybe the most important news item that is involving Laird Superfood lately. On August 17th, private equity firm EF Hutton made an unsolicited offer to acquire all the outstanding common stock of Laird Superfood for $3 per share in cash. That offer would basically imply a $30 million market cap or just over one times the cash that Laird Superfood has on its books compared to that all-time high market cap of Laird Superfood that I mentioned earlier. It's almost 95% less, which is just plain shocking. Just as any public company must do, Laird Superfood said in a statement that they will review the proposal from EF Hutton and determine the course of action that it believes is the best interest of the company and all of the Laird Superfood shareholders. Here's kind of my hot take though. Laird Superfood cannot and should not take that deal as is. I do though think Laird Superfood would be better off transforming its business to achieve its long-term goals outside of the unforgiving spotlight of Wall Street. Now, that kind of leaves Laird Superfood with maybe the following path. They could go back to EF Hutton to negotiate a higher price, but at the end of the day, EF Hutton just wants to kind of value hunt, improve the fundamentals, and then flip the Laird Superfood asset to a big CPG portfolio. So why would Laird Superfood do that when they already have a big CPG portfolio as one of its biggest investors? Let me take you back in time to some of the comments that I made in September 2020. Danone Manifesto Ventures, which is an arm of Danone, invested $10 million for 13.4% of Laird Superfood. This does make Danone the biggest shareholder of Laird Superfood. And it's an interesting transaction as a whole because Danone does operate in some of the same categories or some of the assumed categories that Laird Superfood will be operating within in the future, but for Laird Superfood, they're getting, you know, arguably one of the most successful, biggest CPG portfolios in plant-based in the world. So they're able to really kind of tap them for a bunch of different like commercial insights or strategies. Now, the oddity of all this is that, you know, a few months ago, they make this large transaction. And then obviously Laird Superfood was aware that maybe they wanted to exit and went public or whatever reason, maybe they were looking to maybe raise more capital. For whatever reason, Danone did not purchase them outright. Um, so that's a little bit interesting, especially because through this first six months, you're seeing that Laird Superfood grew pretty well. So they were able to grow through this COVID-19 retailing environment environment, Danone kind of had mixed results in terms of their operating. So you might think to yourself, why don't we buy them early? We already have 13.4% of their business anyways. Maybe this makes sense for us to add a lot more firepower now that we own them, but it didn't happen for whatever reason. That last part of my commentary is given further support by some commentary a few months later from the Laird Superfood CEO that stated, if there's an opportunity that basically enables us to build this brand by partnering with a large CPG portfolio, that's just a win-win for everybody. We'll certainly be looking at it. To just add some additional gasoline towards the Danone mergers and acquisitions idea, in addition to that original $10 million investment, Danone Manifesto Ventures provided another $2 million at the IPO. But wait, that's kind of not all it. 
They also gave Laird Superfood an additional $300,000 for the purpose of supporting three pandemic relief projects. According to the last annual report, Danone basically has $12.3 million invested into Laird Superfood for about 9.5% of its ownership. That's why I listed Laird Superfood in my 2021 year-end mergers and acquisitions predictions for 2022. Just kind of a recap of what I said in that piece of content. And from the moment Laird Superfood went public in late Q3 of 2020, I wondered why a large CBG company hadn't purchased it kind of before or during the IPO process. I do think the business is valuable and I'd be surprised if its biggest shareholder, Danone, through its Danone Manifesto Venture arm, doesn't make a mergers and acquisitions play on Laird Superfood in 2022. For the final part of this content, I want to address the notion that Laird Superfood would become a billion dollar, or I think the previous CEO actually said multiple billion dollar brand. I'm far from a Laird Superfood hater. Heck, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you've seen me post many pleasant comments or positively spun improvements to current challenges at Laird Superfood. Fact is that category competitiveness was always going to catch up to Laird Superfood. Here's some additional comments from my September 2020 content. But let's kind of be real here. Great products in the CPG industry is just the entry fee to compete. That does not mean you're going to win. Great products are just something that helps you re retention, does not help you with customer acquisition. Yes, Laird Superfood is at the intersection of all the highest growth areas. And in the future, I predict they're secular in terms of their growth trend. You're gonna have a ton of growth in terms of total addressable market being in that kind of intersection of better for you, functional and plant-based. But what is really gonna make a difference and what is gonna be a win or a loss for Laird Superfood has nothing to do with product. It actually has to do with the personal brand that it's attached to. Laird Hamilton is a trusted and authentic brand persona. It is the namesake. He is what is gonna make this differentiated. This is what's gonna make anything special. He cannot be copied at all by anybody else. He is a super unique person. If he continues down the path in an authentic way to live the lifestyle and can be that figurehead and not necessarily be like, you know, out in the open all the time and being a used car salesman and making sure that you're always buying products from Laird Superfood. I don't think you do that, but I think if he continues to live that lifestyle, if he's still thought of as this aging super athlete that's able to keep up and maybe have figured out some way to taste the fountain of youth. That is attractive to all consumers. I don't care what age you are, everybody is looking to attach themselves a little bit to the fountain of youth. Somebody like Laird Hamilton is this icon and you know, say, how's he doing this? Oh, it's because of these products that he's created and he's lived this lifestyle for years and decades. That's what differentiates Laird Superfood. That also has the flip side of a negative and a risk. Hey, if he walks away or maybe there's a disagreement in the company or maybe he decides he wants to live a different lifestyle, all those things are risks. But if Laird Hamilton can live this authentic lifestyle that he's been living for as long as I've ever even heard of him, I think that Laird Superfood has that differentiation. If they're just gonna fall back on product and all those types of things, it's a dime a dozen, it's a sea of sameness. I haven't and do not see Laird Superfood building up Laird Hamilton in that manner. I also think, even if they did, 
Laird Superfood reaching a multi-billion dollar brand status is absurd. I think reaching half a billion dollars would be quite the feat, but it's likely only going to happen if they're owned by a large CPG brand like Danone. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly.